G'day and welcome to Partake and back to our series Easter Weekend 2010. Last time we looked at the resurrection and how Jesus Christ was raised to life by God the Father in the power of God the Holy Spirit. Before that, Jesus was forsaken on the cross as he bore the sins of the world, all the sins of all history, in the past, at the present time and into the future. God the Father had to turn his back and forsake his son, because God is holy and the Father couldn't bear to look upon sin. So he had to forsake him, abandon Jesus if you like. But it was never going to be a permanent forsaking or abandonment, only a temporary thing. And this was shown in the resurrection when Jesus came to life again. Think of when you were taken to your first day of school and your parents left you behind. I remember mine. I know I ran home, thinking that they left me and abandoned me, but they hadn't. You were forsaken and abandoned by your parents then, on your first day of school. But that was always also going to be a temporary abandonment, as your parents came to collect you later on in that day. So Jesus being forsaken is not the result of some cosmic child abuse, as some would say does show the love of a father for his son as well as for the world and so as we have seen the good news is that Jesus Christ is still alive and the rest of the four gospels and the beginning of the book of Acts tell us a little more of what Jesus did before he ascended into the heavens let me read from Luke chapter 24 verses 45 to 53 Then he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. He told them, This is what is written, The Christ, i.e. me, will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day, and repentance and forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. You, you are witnesses of these things. I am going to send you what my Father has promised. But stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. When he had led them out to the vicinity of Bethany, he lifted up his hands and blessed them. While he was blessing them, he left them and was taken up into heaven. Then they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. And they stayed continually at the temple, praising God. Jesus' resurrection is the catalyst for the mission of the church, beginning with the disciples and throughout history. We are a product of those disciples. Jesus' mission to earth is coming to an end, and shortly he would be returning to the right hand of the Father. But before he does so, he has some more words to say to his disciples. Let's look at the identical passage from the Gospel of Matthew. And in Matthew, Jesus' authority is a major theme. Let's look at Matthew 28, verses 16 to 20. Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go 
make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Where Matthew records Jesus doing miracles, this was to highlight Jesus' authority in action and not just merely in words. Matthew records Jesus' authority to forgive sins, Matthew 9 verse 6. And he imparted authority to his disciples for a short time when they went on a mission in Matthew chapter 10. Almost a prelude for when he would ascend to the Father. Jesus had authority, as we have read, over all things, all people, all circumstances and happenings. Jesus has authority over all spiritual beings, whether angels or demons, over all nations, governments and rulers, over all earthly and spiritual authorities. Jesus has the authority. And this means regardless whatever the Christian disciple faces, Jesus is in control. Therefore, As Christian disciples, we can obey him without fear of retribution from those who would seek to harm us. We can obey him fully, regardless of the circumstances we find ourselves in. It is a great comfort to know that he, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, is in control of everything. Everything is under his authority. And through his death on the cross and his subsequent rising from the dead, Jesus Christ has conquered all enemies, including Satan and sin. Now people sometimes confuse authority with authoritarian. Authoritarian means severe rigidity and a dictatorship. None of these things apply to Jesus Christ. We have been given a free will, but as his followers and disciples, we should choose to exercise our free will to obey him and live a life worthy of him. As the Christian depends on Jesus' authority, the Christian disciple gains wisdom, guidance and power. But the story does not stop there. Jesus walks with us wherever we go and in particular in the darkest periods of our life. Just as he did with the two people on the road to Emmaus, he walks with those who proclaim to follow him. Jesus speaks whenever the Bible is faithfully preached and read from, just as he opened the eyes of those on the Emmaus road when he explained the scriptures. Jesus meets us in the communion or the Lord's Supper, bread and the wine which symbolise his flesh blood and as an act of remembrance of what he did for all of humanity. One of those people is Elizabeth. Here is her story of how Jesus meets with her today. Elizabeth writing, Easter is a time of reflection and promise for me, Elizabeth. It is a time to be one with Christ. I have gone through many trials and tribulations in my short life. It is because of the promise that Christ gave us when he died and then resurrected that I know I am able to overcome any obstacle placed before me. I can rise above in faith 
knowing that I have been given divine inheritance to move forward as a soldier marching to war for God and reaching towards victory in his name. Jesus, my Jesus, is my light, my love, my essence in life. I live to be close to him and to serve him well with all my heart and soul. I celebrate Jesus Christ that lives in me through the Holy Spirit and who empowers me to keep going on even in the midst of chaos or turmoil. He leads me to greener pastures. He restores my soul. He shows me unconditional love. He leads me to his heart forevermore. I am filled with the Christ-like spirit and I receive God's joy, love, hope and wisdom to know what is right in my life. Is your story close to Elizabeth's story? And if Jesus had not risen from the dead, then the disciples would not have had a story to tell. But Jesus tells them and us to go. And Jesus had indeed risen from the dead and the early church exploded numerically as the twelve disciples exercised uh, Jesus' authority and his power. And we read about the inordinate growth of the early church in the book of Acts. We read about the early church in the letters of the New Testament. And in those verses from Matthew 28, which I read earlier, Jesus commanded his disciples to go make other disciples. In order to fulfill this command, he assigned the three tasks of going baptizing and teaching as obligatory activities of normal Christian life. Baptism was symbolic of coming under the lordship of the Trinitarian Godhead, Father, Son and Holy Spirit. Baptism leads to teaching which is a core part of disciple making. Teaching was not just to be an oral activity but an active but an action of helping everyone, including the weakest. These instructions to Jesus' apostles are just as applicatory to us today. If we are following Jesus Christ, we are the product of the original disciples and early church following Jesus' words abundantly and seriously. The church in the 21st century and beyond needs to do the same that includes me that includes you that includes your leaders and Christianity is a faith whereby all Christian disciples are to show and tell others of of the goodness of God indeed God himself is a missionary God ever since Genesis 3 and the fall of man God has been on a mission to bring poor people back to himself That was the purpose of the nation of Israel, to be a light to all nations of the goodness and glory of God. That was the purpose when God, who is outside of time and space and our physics, entered human history, taking on human flesh, restricted himself to a human body as the man we know and celebrate as Jesus Christ. Jesus' whole mission was one of calling people back to life with God and in God and as followers of Jesus Christ all Christian disciples are to evangelize evangelism is showing and telling others of God's message of reconciliation 
to all people of all time. Stop forcing people to adopt church standards. 1 Corinthians 5 verse 12 and nor is it simply a message of join the church as a symbol of good works. Ephesians 2 verses 8 to 10. And what is evangelism? Telling others about Jesus is evangelism. Talking about him, letting him permeate all conversations, revealing how he has changed your life, showing the gospel by living a, a constantly transformed life, reveals that Jesus Christ still lives today and lives in you. The prime motivation for evangelism is out of gratitude for what God has done for you, in that you love because he loved you first. And Paul writing in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 14, For Jesus Christ's love compels us, because we are convinced that one died for all, and therefore all died. As his servants, as his followers, we are to tell and live out this reconciling message of God. And we are all to do the work of an evangelist, 2 Timothy 4 verse 5, telling and showing people the love of God. True, there are some who are called to be evangelists, but we are to do the work of an evangelist if we are a follower of Jesus Christ. And in the last words of Matthew's Gospel, all Christian disciples are to make disciples throughout the whole earth. Making disciples is not just evangelism, but ensuring that guidance and care is given to new believers. How is this achieved? How can the Christian disciple exhibit Jesus' authority and power in evangelism? Who gives the impetus for Christian disciples once Jesus had ascended back to the right hand of God the Father? And it's not easy. Nobody said that it would be. The messages Christian tell others is called the gospel. It is anathema and unpopular with people. It's too simplistic. It's too difficult, the some say. The gospel is never popular. And if it is, then it is not a truly biblical gospel. There are false gospels being preached. There is a false gospel being preached where financial prosperity is the central claim. There is a false gospel where Jesus is a, a cure-all being the central claim. There's a, f a false gospel which says Jesus, when laden with the sins of the world, was not forsaken by God the Holy Father, who cannot stand to look at sin. For Paul and for all true Christian disciples, the true and legitimate gospel is this. Jesus and him crucified. 1 Corinthians 2, verse 2. And finally, Part of evangelism is verbally identifying with Jesus Christ. Never apologize for what you know and believe to be a superior way of life. However, that does not mean that we are to be smug and arrogant about it, because we are also commanded to walk humbly and meekly. It means to just be natural about it. As a former college principal told me a long time ago, and somehow I still remember the words, let your spiritual life be natural and your natural life be spiritual. One way to do this 
is to project the idea that you are not your own boss. Jesus is your Lord and allow him to take both the strain of life's issues and also the glory and the majesty and the honour. Remember that those who reject you also reject him, the one with all the authority. In the next of our series, the final one, we will look at what a Christian is, what the the goal of those calling themselves Christians is to be, and the role of the Holy Spirit in their life, the role of the Comforter. Thank you.